I'm Jess Connolly, and you are listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. We exist to equip and encourage kingdom women who are using their God-given gifts for the good of others and the glory of God. If you are a mom, a student, an artist, a doctor, we are hoping that this episode will leave you encouraged and ready to run. We're so glad you're here. Let's go. Okay, friends, we're talking about it. We're coming for it. (laughs) We're going for it. This is Jess Connolly. I'm so glad you're here. I've got my dear friend Caroline with me today. Hi, gals. I'm so excited to jump into this. And I will say, if we had to take a list of the top five to 10 questions that I get online, that we get, this is definitely, I would think, in the top three. How do women with a full life practice Sabbath? So we're going to dive in today, but I want to say this first. This is a very long conversation, and today will not be a very long conversation, (laughs) but the reason why I think it's complex and it needs time is because there's a million different layers, and we're going to just start to jump into it today, but I am really hesitant and I'm really reticent to engage with or to create content that makes Mm -hmm. Sabbath seem easy or that makes it seem like a checklist. Now, that being said, I don't think it's one of those things that's like beyond our capacity. I think it's a gift God's given us. So I'm not saying like, oh, let's just talk about how hard it is all the time. But I'm saying like, let's don't make it sound simpler than it is. Right. Because it's not. It's a personal thing. Yeah. So I said this in the notes. I kind of wrote this in the notes for us, but I said, if anybody tries to explain Sabbath to you in like an easy graphic, like run, (laughs) because (laughs) this is complex and it should be because it's a deep and beautiful gift that God has given us. So, okay. We want to try to talk about Sabbath. I want to just like jump in with you really quickly. I love having different members of the Go and Tell Girls team with me on the podcast because we have such different life stages, but Caroline, will you tell a little bit about your life stage and... Also, I feel like we should just go ahead and wave the flag that I think of the women on our team who struggle with rest and Sabbath, we're at the top. Yeah, it's me. It's me. I'll just put my hand in I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Yeah. And and that's not cute or funny. No. I'm laughing, but it's not We do not glorify that. That's like an actual soul problem. So (laughs) let's just put that out there. Yeah. But yes, I'm Caroline. I'm a marketing manager at Go and Tell Gals. I am 23 years old. I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I work for Go and Tell. I serve other people in marketing capacities on the fringes of my life. I love my community here. I like am desiring to build a beautiful community here in this city. I'm single. What else do I need to know? That's good. And I like to have fun. Yeah. I try to live a fully alive life. Yes. So. I, I would say you do. You don't try. Yeah. You live a beautiful life. If you're not familiar, if we're not friends yet, hi, I'm Jess. I live on the other end of that spectrum. I'm just creeping towards 40 very quickly. I have four kids, three are teenagers. I run Go and Tell Gals. I help lead Bright City Church with my husband. And so what are the boulders in my way keeping me from rest Mm -hmm. are similar but different. Yeah. So let's say this. Like, When did you first hear about the practice of Sabbath? Did you see it growing up in your life? Because that, I think, is actually really pertinent to this conversation. And there are so many women who might have just hit play who are like, I can't even really understand what word you're saying. We're saying Sabbath, S-A-B-B-A-T-H. And there might be some of you who are saying like, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
or some who have like, oh yeah, we kind of did something like this growing up or like, yeah, I'm super into Sabbath, but like, yeah, tell about your history with it. Yep. I don't think it was ever used growing up. Honestly, we, I mean, we go to church on Sundays, but it was never a pause. Like I think the Lord has intended it to be in my, in my childhood. I think I encountered it for the first time in college and I saw the beauty of like living rhythmically in college and living towards more of a rule of life. And I think that's where I first saw it and experienced it in the way it might be intended to be experienced. Yeah, that's good. I know my family went to church on Sunday and obviously I was there. I remember that part. And I think I have a like faint memory for a while. We didn't eat out on Sundays because Mm. we were like, we shouldn't make other people work. Right. Right. Did you do that? No, but I've heard that before. Like some of my friends will be like, we can't go shopping on Sundays as a kid. Yeah. Because we don't make other people work. We don't want to make other people work. It is. Yeah. I do remember giving up on that at some point as a family. And I remember like, no, we go to lunch now. (laughs) So I'll tell you when Sabbath became important to me in my life. Well, I'll say this. I remember as a young mom when my kids were like three, two, and one, and I went to this Bible study. And at the time, I didn't work a job outside of the house. So I didn't think about days off. I didn't think about days on. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about, you know, I didn't think about the world in that way. And I went to this Bible study with a woman who had kids a few years older than mine. And she was talking about developing a Sabbath practice. And I was like, interesting. Like she was a stay at home mom. And I was like, well, we don't work, you know? I mean, and of course I valued my work as a stay at home mom, but I was like, I can't take a day off. Mm -hmm. I can't take a day off from this. And she was like, well, you'd be surprised. There's things you can do. And so she was the first one who started to show me like, hey, there are ways that you can even help your family pause and create rhythms of rest within your family that that signal to all of you, you know, today we're taking a day to honor God and rest with our bodies. So that was like the first time in my adult life that I was like, interesting. Yeah. I need to pay attention to this. And I will say at the get-go, I had immediate reservations. Like I was like, I can't, I can't not what can I not do? I have to take care of these kids. You know, I have to do the laundry. I have to do these things. And so that's been an ongoing exploration for me, even as a mom. And I'm sure we'll talk about this in a second. So that being said, let's just like even look at the broader spectrum of like, why Sabbath? What is Sabbath? What and why is Sabbath? I want to hear your thoughts first, and then we'll, we can just kind of keep talking about it. I think when I first started to experience and live into Sabbath or like taste the sweetness of Sabbath, I realized how beautiful just this like practice of obedience ordered the rest of my life. Yeah. That I could experience a different fullness in every single day due to my Sabbath, that this wasn't just like a you're off the clock. This was like a celebration of the life the Lord has given us and where the Lord is in our life and a moment to be like, wow, honestly, like God is real and I can take a break and trust him. For me right now in this current season, I'm really seeing Sabbath as a practice of trusting God because it does take some trust to take a pause. And that has helped me lean into it a little bit more. So good. Okay. So when we talk about what Sabbath is, we're really referencing 
the ordinance, <laughs> I'm trying to not mm-hmm. use the word commandment, but let's go ahead. One of the commandments, one of the Ten Commandments given to us in Exodus 31, where he says, you will honor the Sabbath. But there's some other passages that are really helpful to look at in regards to Sabbath. Now, one that revolutionized my understanding of Sabbath in my 20s was really the creation story where we see God says it was evening and then it was morning. And then also in the creation story where obviously God takes a day to rest after creating. And so here we see God image and and live out and model this rhythm for us of like, God did not need to rest and he still rested from mm-hmm. creation. But then also for me, this language of it was evening and then it was morning. It was evening and then it was morning. This for me really changed my understanding of rest, of all versions of rest, not just a weekly Sabbath, but even like daily rest that we have shared this a few times on the podcast, but we don't rest from our work. We work from our rest because there was evening and then there was morning. Evening came first, rest came first, and then work. Mm -hmm. And so the American version or even the like current cultural version is we push, 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 push until we collapse and then maybe we rest. But usually we're actually told to then like push a little bit more. Right. But God's version is you rest and then you work and you work from that rest. Another great passage to reference when we're talking about Sabbath is Mark 2 when Jesus says, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, Sabbath was made for the man. And yeah. in that, Jesus is saying like, this isn't something I want from you. This isn't a test you take. This is a gift I'm giving you. And so when we talk about Sabbath, we're really talking about the biblical definition of taking 24 hours a week to rest. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, the why behind that, absolutely for me, I'm with you in this season, is it feels like a moment for me to say, God is God. Yeah. And I'm not. God is my provider and I am not. God holds the world together and I do not. I also think it's just, again, helpful to reiterate the why for me behind obeying God in this is because it's something he wants to give me Mm -hmm. because it's this really special, beautiful, deep gift of taking a deep breath. And I want to open every single gift has for me. But then my last big why that I'll share with you that really has me convicted right now is because it's obedience. And, you know, around here, we've, we've gotten into the habit of saying like, his kingdom come, his will be done. And also, His kingdom comes when his will is done. Mm -hmm. And so another phrase that we've been talking about a lot is that we've got a lot of women trying to obey God by disobeying God. And by that, I mean, we've got a lot of women who are trying to honor the callings that God have given them that have said like, just trying to be a good mom, just trying to be a good student, just trying to be a good doctor, just trying to be a good author, just trying to be a good leader, Mm -hmm. just trying to be a good pastor, just trying to be a good artist, just trying to be a good friend. And by that, the number one way they're doing that is by not resting. And so just as our reminder, we can't obey God by disobeying God. And so all of these things, like it's accepting his love, it's walking in in the model that he's given for us and claiming our identity as part of his kingdom and part of his family. And also it's just obedience to say like, listen, you got my allegiance here. Any other big whys for you? I think the obedience is huge for me because it's tempting to get into a spiritual place when I'm not taking a Sabbath to honestly think that I'm God, honestly, like you just said, and think that I hold it together and that my efforts are what's pushing it forward and that I'm doing something great by 
keeping going, but really that's not what God has asked me to do. Yeah, that's good. refreshing that as well. Okay, another big why. We'll I'll throw out our first resource here. So our very first resource I would tell you guys is if any of you have read this book or listened to the audiobook, you're already like, are you gonna say it? Are you gonna say it? Are you gonna say it? (laughs) The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer is an incredible book on rest. And also he has great practices and and practical wisdom about Sabbath. But one of his great whys behind rest and by eradicating hurry is because it kills the consumer in us. Mm. And so I would also say if you're the kind of person who's like, I'm just the consumerism of this world, the quickness of society. I mean, he goes as far to share how rest and different forms of rest actually fight injustice in a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. and how like literally just taking one day can kind of push back the darkness in this way. I would also like offer as a banner over that statement, is that rest is not passive and Mm -hmm. Sabbath is not passive. It's spiritual warfare, Yeah, you know? And so it's not just a gift we get to receive. It's not just a flowery moment. It's Mm -hmm. also a way that we push back the darkness on earth. What a beautiful, like, countercultural thing that God lets us take 24 hours off and it moves his kingdom forward. That's insane. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So good. Okay. So those are some why of Sabbath. I want to put one other little caveat here. We've referenced our friend Kanisha. Kanisha's been on the podcast a handful of times. She helped us host the podcast for a season. And she is the one who shared this great quote with me where she said, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And I will say regarding Sabbath that like this is the very first kind of caveat that starts to come up is that women are like, but I'm a stay-at-home mom or like, but my work schedule doesn't allow it or like, but I have a huge deadline. And think, number one, again, none of the this talk about developing a Sabbath rhythm for your life is about you earning God's love. None of it is about you being a good Christian. None of it is about you like ticking off things that are going to make him proud. All of it is about something, a gift he wants to give for you. But if you continually fight for your limitations and say, it just won't work for me because of X, Y, and Z, you'll get to keep those limitations. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep my limitations. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to grow and expand and walk in the abundance that was purchased for me on the cross of Christ. Okay. So let's talk about some reasons why not to Sabbath. Even like some unhelpful motivations that a lot of women might find themselves with. Do you have any particular for you? Yes. I think just not knowing how it's supposed to be. And I put B in like quotes or not thinking that I'm going to do it right. Or I don't know. I don't know what Sabbath can look like. I don't know how to do this or not having community to live it out with is probably been a problem for me. Fear that something will fall through the cracks that I don't trust God. That goes back to trusting God, I think is a problem. And also if I don't plan it, it doesn't happen, which is yeah. so simple. If I don't yeah. know in my mind, okay, that day is my Sabbath, then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So these are things, yeah, that would keep you from doing it. If yes. you don't have a plan, if you don't, yeah, that's huge. I would totally agree. It's definitely, again, it's not a passive thing. It's mm-hmm. you're going to have to probably be intentional about it. That's really good. Are there any reasons or any motivations you see though, that women are like moving towards Sabbath that may actually like be unhealthy? Okay, I see what you're asking. But I like both. I like talking about both. So (laughs) it's good. I wasn't very clear. I think trying to like be a good Christian is a huge problem. Yeah. This is not about that. This is just about getting to be God's daughter. Yeah. 
I would say like wanting to be good at Sabbath is like kind of <laughs> anti anti-Sabbath. Like, do you hear it's, that out loud? Yeah, it's like anti-gospel. <laughs> it's like when women tell me they want to be good at prayer, and I'm like, well, but yeah, and it's like probably you're really probably hard. performing, you know. Like yeah. If you're working really hard to have a Sabbath, like maybe we need to think about it differently. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think Sabbath is like a posture of the heart too. Yeah. Not as much of like a external effort always. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now switching back into yep. yeah, the things that keep <laughs> us from Sabbathing well. Yes. A lack of a plan, real, lack of know-how. I would say it's really difficult if no one in your community it's so hard. practices Sabbath and or if it's not a conversation that's had. And if it's just not, if it's like, I can't tell you how many times in Christian communities, specifically, and I've heard a lot of church staff that like someone will read a book about Sabbath or about even about a rule of life, which I want to talk about next. And they'll get like looked down on to talk about it, Mm -hmm. which is actually incredibly harmful. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry for anyone who's in a community like that. Now, that being said, I don't think that we wait for human approval. I think we obey God and we hope and pray that He'll use us to be culture changers in our space. Can you talk a little bit about what like it might look like for you to prepare for a Sabbath? I think the first thing is I have to have it in my head. I have to have decided. Yeah. That sounds really simple, but I have to have decided that I will enter that posture at a certain time. That is like super helpful. And that looks like, okay, Sunday is my Sabbath. I know that. Another thing is doing the like grocery shopping on Saturday instead of Sunday telling my friends no to plans on Sunday Mm. ahead of time, not just like waiting until like after church to say no, like saying no in advance, I think is a huge thing. But the decision at the beginning of the week that that day is my Sabbath is huge. It's so little, but it makes a huge difference. Okay. So let's talk about, well, I'm going to pause there. I want to get into the how to's in a little bit, but I really like that. That's really helpful. I want to share this about another like unhelpful motivation for me when it or when it comes to prep is that for a few years once I was like okay I'm going to do this I'm going to sabbath what I would try to do was get all my work mm-hmm. done and like tire myself out and get and prep so hard that I was like okay now I'm going to be ready to rest but it like went against the heart of rest because I was right. still trying to like earn my goodness earn my worth earn my rest which is absolutely not something we can do or should try to do we don't earn our rest it's a gift from God and so even my husband really helped me with this a few years ago where he was like hey you know the goal is not for you to get all your your list done and then sabbath like your goal is to stop when it's time to stop and say, that's all I could do Mm because I'm a human and God is God and we'll pick this back up when we're ready. And I was like, whoo, that's That's hard, but helpful. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. That's good. Okay. I think one thing that I would just love to hand to you as a tool is maybe if nobody in your community is talking about rest and or Sabbath, then send them this podcast and say, hey, can we listen to this and talk about this together? Because that's one way that you can start a conversation within your community. In the Go and Tell Gals office right now, we cannot believe it is September. The fall season is upon us. And listen, we just want to stop right now and say, if you already feel tired, if you feel not ready for the season, if you're looking at your calendar and wondering 
how in the world you're gonna pull all of the plans off, we just wanna say that's okay and we understand and we wanna help. We do not wanna agree with the fact that fall has to be a frenzy. We really think that we can find freedom in this season. And with our new Fall Under Freedom Guide, it's $15, 32 pages, and takes about an hour of time to help you map out what freedom could feel like this fall for you. Because freedom isn't just for summer. We can also find it in every single season because Jesus purchased it for us on the cross. So the next four months of your life are worth a few hours of reflection, intention and strategic planning. If you're not sure where to start, we're ready to help and the Fall Under Freedom Guide might be just the perfect thing for you to experience abundance and freedom and just clarity about the season ahead. You can get it at the link in our show notes or at goandtellgals.com. Happy fall. Let's be free. talked about why we've talked about what's really difficult or maybe why we don't want to celebrate a Sabbath. Now let's get a little bit into the nitty gritty of the how to. Again, this is just the start of this conversation for us. I think we could probably do about six podcast series on this. And this is where it gets really, I'm not going to say like sticky or complicated. I'm going to say it gets really colorful because all of our Sabbath practices should look different. They should not look the exact same because we're different women in different contexts and different cultures with different needs and complications to our life. So, okay, here's my very first question because you've referenced it a few times. Do your Sabbath is on a Sunday? Yes. Okay. Can I live ask you this very transparent question that I've never asked you and I think is (laughs) really interesting and I think it might help some women listening because you're Catholic. Yeah. In the Catholic church, do people volunteer? This doesn't seem to be such a phenomenon for you guys. It's not as, we don't have like church staff. We have priests. And do you have childcare? At some churches, yeah. So yeah, we do have volunteers at church. Okay, but it is not like, hey, we can't do this if everybody doesn't volunteer. I would also say that like, in my Catholic experience, the word Sabbath isn't as hugely used as in other churches. So we have a lot of work to do. Okay. Well, because I think something that a lot of women in Protestant churches might immediately be wondering is how do I Sabbath if I volunteer at church? Yeah. Does volunteering at church count as my Sabbath? Yeah. And I would say you really have to know. I think. You really have to know what's right for you, you know? Yeah. I think that's where like posture is really important. Like on my Sabbath, I'm kind of asking like, how do I enjoy time with God today. And sometimes that looks like working my garden for a few minutes because that might look like work, but my heart is postured in a way that I'm really enjoying God and being filled by his spirit, which helps me in Sabbath a lot. Yeah. Question. That's good. So in this season and for the last several years, my Sabbath has not been Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Like if you came to my church on a Sunday right now, you might be like, I don't know what's Jess doing, but I know that when I'm coming specifically on that day, I am about the spiritual life of other people. And that frees me up as a church leader to know, like, I absolutely believe God's going to feed me. I absolutely believe I'm going to learn. I absolutely believe I'm going to experience His presence and His power. But if I have to, like, pop out of the sermon real quick to go help in childcare, I'm not bitter. And if I don't get to ask for prayer because I'm busy praying for other people, I'm okay. Yep. 
And I know that I need to be like filled by God in other places at the same time. But yeah, it's less of a day for me to like, to, for me to receive and more of a day for me to give. And so I know one of the main things I need to rest from when I Sabbath is giving and believing like I'm yeah. in charge, you know, so my Sabbath has to be another day. But I think where you're pointing to, to me, is also so incredibly helpful because if we're talking about how to, the first counter question I would ask someone is like, well, how do you enjoy God? Yeah. How do you enjoy His presence? Yeah. How do you receive from Him? And then the next question I would say is, what are the places of your greatest fatigue? Mm -hmm. And how can you rest from those for 24 hours? So this to me is where this becomes a relevant conversation for, let's say, a stay-at-home mom who has no childcare help whatsoever, Mm -hmm. is I would say like, okay, can you take 24 hours off from mothering? No, neither can I. Can you take 24 hours off from like cleaning diapers? No, you cannot. But where are the other places of your fatigue and how can you rest from those, whether it's using paper plates for 24 hours or saying like, you know what, I'm actually just not going to do the laundry for 24 hours or I'm not going to try to get ahead in these other areas. I'm just going to enjoy this life God's given me while I also have to maintain these other areas. And I was sharing this with you and some friends this weekend that for me right now, the greatest areas of fatigue in my life are leadership, mm-hmm. planning, and content creation. Mm-hmm. Those are the three heaviest parts of my job is that I'm like planning and strategizing a lot. I'm leading teams and I'm also creating content every single day. And so the three things that I'm most intentional to rest from on my Sabbath are those three things. So I will do the laundry because it's actually really life-giving for me to start a project I can finish. Yep. I really don't mind cleaning up my bathroom because it doesn't feel like work to me. It feels like I'm cultivating my home. Yep. And again, I'm not living by some legalistic law of what's good and what's right and what's not good. I'm paying attention to where my fatigue is and where my invitation from God to rest is. What else has been helpful for you as you dive into like the how to? I think those two questions, like you hit it right on the head of if you want a Sabbath plan, I would start with exactly what you said. How do you enjoy God and what are you most fatigued by? Because I think we can complicate it so much yeah. of like, well, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? It's, yeah. I don't think it's about that. I think yeah. it's like really the posture of your heart. Like, for example, in my season of life, on Sundays, I don't say yes to a lot of plans with other people because I'm wildly introverted and I love my alone time. And that's kind of helpful and helps me rest from that occasionally fatigued area. Or like I don't open my laptop because that's where all my work happens. So I know I need to rest from that. But if I'm doing the laundry, that feels really good to me. Or if I like explore a farmer's market and buy some groceries, it's not as much work as it is enjoying God and his creation. Or if I work in the garden or I tend to my lawn, that's like super life-giving to me. So I think those two questions are very helpful. Okay. Will you share a little bit, because you've mentioned a couple of times, the rule of life. And will you share like when you first came into awareness about the practice of developing a rule of life, what that looks like for you. And let's talk about that kind of in this broader conversation. I'm always pretty genuinely surprised that not as many people talk about and or know about a rule of life. Yeah. So yeah, the first time I practiced a rule of life was actually when I lived at a summer camp as a missionary in college. Love. And we lived in community and it was really helpful to have a rule of life set. It's an ancient spiritual practice. Like the Benedictine monks use it. A lot of monks use it. A lot of 
spiritual leaders use a rule of life. And the word rule can maybe sound a little bit intimidating, but really is an ordering Mm. of your days, your life, your maybe priorities, if you could use that word, that allows you to have a framework for freedom, I think. Yeah. Instead of, it really allows me freedom in my life of like, how do I want to live? And what will that look like? And what it's God calling me to? And like, let's write that down so that we can like experience that obedience and therefore experience freedom in my day to day. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so the definition of rule of life that John Mark Comer shares is a rule of life is a schedule and set of practices and relational rhythms that help us create space in our busy world for us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Also, again, yes, just to confirm, he did not come up with rule of life. It was definitely an ancient practice, but I think it's one that's really helpful yep. to bring into a modern setting. So a rule of life, like if I was going to work on my rule of life, here's what I would do. And Mm -hmm. and I would love to hear yours. I would take a blank sheet of paper. You have yours. You're going to pull it up? Bring it. I'd love it. I think I have it. (laughs) If I was going to, I would write on a sheet of paper, like I might write rest, relationships, health, work, spiritual. I might write words just like that. And then I would write out kind of a standard or set of rhythms or practices that I know keep me most healthy for each of those areas. So I might say for something like rest, I might say, okay, every night I want to get seven hours of sleep. Every week I want to spend two days off of social media. Every week I want to take one Sabbath. Every quarter, I want to have a weekend away with my family somewhere. I mean, that's not what we do, but that would be great. So I might say something like that. For my health, I might say like, okay, for my autoimmune disease, I eat gluten-free and dairy-free. I work out five times a week. I take my thyroid medication. I see my doctor for blood work four times a year. And I do life-giving workouts that like help me experiencing abundance. So I, w- I might just say different things like, things like that. Like for example, on my role of life in my relationships area, I say once a month, I go to coffee with someone from my church. And once a quarter, I try to have a girl's night with some friends. And that's what it looks like for me. But within that, it's obviously like a larger set of practices. But within that, you can kind of set, again, some hopeful guidelines that are super grace-filled. And again, not about you achieving or marking something off, but like this is what like I think would look the most healthy for me. Yeah, go ahead. It's really just helpful to have it on paper. And again, like emphasizing the fact that it is not like, let me check all these boxes. It's really a chance to pursue the Lord in your life. Yeah. Something that when I was working my rule of life with my spiritual director a year ago, she said, like, give yourself permission to need God. Mm. Like, this is kind of like an outline of like, we, we are human so how do we need God and how do we how do we live by that? Something else that she encouraged me to do was to start with like a few pieces of scripture. You could probably use like your life verse to hold on to, then move into your desires, your commitments. Oh, that's good. And like where you're feeling weakness and where like the Lord can be glorified in that. So that's another helpful way to do it. But I typically outline the different sections of my life, just like Jess said, of like, this is my prayer, this is my community, this is my work. Like if you do an overview audit of your life, like those different sections, and like how will you find God in that space? That's good. 
Okay, I want to tell you guys this story, and then we're going to give you a few resources and know that this is just the beginning of the conversation for us, and we just kind of wanted to meet everybody where they're at today. But I wanted to tell you this story. Okay, so I had this kind of prophetic thing happen. Um, It wasn't kind of prophetic. It was truly prophetic. I feel like God gave me this gift of this vision. And occasionally at Go and Tell Gals, we will do this vision what's the best word, like practice with women where we'll help them kind of access some some God-given desire. And occasionally it ends up feeling really just spirit-led and people experience some some vision from God about their future. And that's not always like a physical vision. You know, it's just like, ooh, I've noticed I have this desire in me. So I lead women through this practice a lot. Again, it's really spirit-driven, like tied into the word and it's beautiful. But I don't, go through it myself a ton. Mm -hmm. But back in 2019, I really can't even remember the setting for where I was when I went through it. But I did this vision practice and I felt like God showed me this picture of me standing on a beach and I was facing away from the ocean. I was facing a house and I was looking up at the house and my kids were in the house. And I knew in my soul that like what I was looking at was a picture of us on sabbatical. And this was in 2019 and our family was supposed to go on sabbatical in 2020, but we were on the beach and I knew that we weren't going on sabbatical to the beach in 2020. We had all these other plans of where Mm -hmm. we were going to go. And so I was like, oh, interesting. That must be seven years from now. So I was standing on the beach and I was looking at the house and sensed God say in my spirit, I would have done all of this just for you. I would have done all of this just for you. And I was like, well, wow. That was beautiful. I have no idea what that means, but that's really sweet. And and I told people about it. I told Anna, who works with us at Go and Tell Gals. I told my husband, I was like, I had this sweet picture from God. I don't really know what it means. I think it's about our sabbatical in 2027, which is weird. But I just had this sense of God saying, I would have done all of this just for you. And so, of course, the year 2020 comes and <laughs> all the travel that our family was supposed to take got canceled because of the pandemic. And wouldn't you know, we ended up at this little beach house for the entire month of our sabbatical. And we had plans to kind of draw away from work and to stop working and to just hear from God and to rest as a family. And if I can be honest with you, a few days in, like the wheels had fallen off for me. And I didn't know who I was without working. And I didn't know who I was without leading. And I didn't know who I was without producing. And I had literally left my laptop behind And I had like made all these commitments to really use this month to rest. But I I was having such a hard time, like really honestly feeling worthy Mm -hmm. of the rest. And I was just spiraling. And one night I went on a walk on the beach and I was like looking at the ocean and I turned around and I faced the house and I realized like, this is it. This is what he showed me. And so those words came right back to my spirit. I would have done all of this just for you. I would have done all of this just for you. And in that moment, like what I sensed Holy Spirit telling me was, like, I would have done everything for you because I love you. You do not have to earn your place in my kingdom. Yeah, You don't have to hold it all together. And you don't have to, like, earn your approval here. Like, I just love you and want to give gifts to you. And so as you begin to think about what yeah. Sabbath could look like in your life, that's what I would hand you. Like, God would actually give you the most restful days to help you recover and be restored yeah. and be renewed for the good 
gifted, beautiful work he's called you to in your life. And as much as for those of you who have kids, like as much as you would want rest and recovery for them, or for those of you who love someone, anyone, a friend, and you would just say like, oh, I just want help for them. Like how much more does your father love you? Yeah that he would just do all of this for you, that he would say, I want to give you Sabbath. I want to give you rest. So we pray that this has been a good Mm -hmm. conversation starter. Talk to us about it online. If you haven't heard, we're going to give you some resources in just a second. But if you haven't heard, we're doing a giveaway. So if you leave a review, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're picking one gal a month to get a free coaching call. We can talk about how to develop your Sabbath practice. I would (laughs) love that. I would love to do that with you. So leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll reach out to one winner. But let's share a few just Further resources. Again, I'd love to mention The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Do you have any favorites? That is my favorite, honestly. It's I love that. Really book. good. I would also suggest Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. I would also suggest the book The Invitation to Retreat or Solitude and I think it's called Solitude and Silence, both by Ruth Haley Barton as well. And we'll put all these books in the show notes, but we'd love to hear your favorite resources too. You can tell us on Facebook in our Go and Tell Girls Facebook community group or on Instagram or send us an email. We love you. God is mighty in you, and He would do all of this just for you. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. We would be so blessed if you would take a minute to leave a review wherever you've listened to this podcast. You're also welcome and encouraged to share this on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you use social media. We'd also love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. Shoot us an email. We love to connect with you to hear how we can encourage you and further equip you. God is mighty in you. Let's keep going. Let's keep going.